Welcome to the Tag Your It Podcast. I'm Ray Ray. And I am David Van Bever. And we are joined with two special guests on the show today. First, let's uh, get to our Missouri Baptist apologist that is with us today. Introduce yourself real quick. Hi, I'm Hannah Sims. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast today. Well, thank you for uh, being on the podcast. And the thing is, is if you go back in our catalog, man, I like to say that a lot. And I get to say that a lot because we have recurring people. So we it was in the recent past that we had you, Hannah, on the show to talk about uh, children and apologetics. And that's uh, that's your uh, gift and calling and the and the, what you uh, like to speak into. And so that's why we brought you back on today with uh, some good news that uh, that's happened in your ministry. Um, but we also, because of what we're going to do today, we have brought a special little boy that I have uh, cut his hair for a long time. And now I can't cut his hair anymore because he's in Kansas. But, uh, you know, introduce yourself, little dude. Who are you? My name is Elisha. Yeah, nice to have you, little dude. So it's good to see you again, and it's good to bring you on the podcast. So I am so thankful that uh, we have an awesome opportunity to bring you on. And uh, really, uh, Hannah is going to really show um, kids and apologetics and how we can teach them the truth of what reality is and the truth of God um, in this. So uh, there's some really awesome news, Hannah, that you have for us. And we told you that if anything ever comes up in your ministry that that the Tag Your Podcast is here to uh, tell the world about it. So tell us what's going on here. Like, tell us a little bit, um, remind some people about uh, who you are, with, the, especially with the Missouri Baptist uh, Apologetics Network, and then also what's come up, what's new. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. It's great to be back with you guys again. And um, I've been doing children's ministry for almost 15 years now, and I've done children's ministry with kids in neighborhood Bible clubs, in Christian schools, public schools, homeschools, churches. And one thing that I've seen as a need in working with kids is helping them to know not just that the Bible is true, but why. So bringing apologetics to kids. And so my ministry is called Networkers Tech, spelled T-E-C for Teach, Equip, Connect. And the purpose is to provide the body of Christ with a network of resources and to assist them in their biblical ministry to the next generation. And so the new project that I've just finished with Networkers Tech is to have a children's apologetic curriculum for elementary age kids. And so I'm super excited about that and really excited to share that on today's podcast. Yeah. So the project that you just completed was, uh, it follows Dr. Frank Turek's book, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist, but it makes the issues that he addresses in the book accessible to children. So why specifically this book, and even how did you get involved in this project? Yeah, so I have a copy of the book. I was just going to hold it up here. So this is I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist, and Really, this book is for high schoolers or adults, and I first read it in high school, and when I first read it, I just loved it. And the reason that it really struck a chord with me was because I had people in my life that were 
questioning my faith. They were wanting to know, like, why was I a Christian or what evidence did I have for why I believed what I believed. And this book really provided that for me. I really loved how it started out with the question of does truth exist? And then it built that foundation and then just went up the ladder to how do we know God exists? How do we know miracles are possible? How do we know the New Testament is reliable, that Jesus was a real person that it, and that he's God the Savior and that the Bible is true? And so I loved all of the evidence that it provided. And it really felt like it gave me a solid outline to be able to share with other people. And when I was in high school reading this book, I not only thought it would be good to just for myself as a Christian, but I was even working with kids at that point. I was like, wow, this would be an amazing thing to turn into a children's curriculum or even a fictional book for children. So that was kind of like on the back burner when I was in high school. So then like fast forward like six years into 2018, and I went to a program that Frank Turek had called Cross-Examined Instructors Academy. And it was an opportunity to get to meet apologists, give presentations, get feedback, that sort of thing. And through that network, uh, a job opening came for being a curriculum developer. And I wasn't able to, to do the specific job that they were had open, but I asked them or I told them that I had an interest in doing children's apologetics. And I would love to do a children's apologetics with his curriculum and with his book. And he actually said that that's something that they had been talking about in their ministry, but they didn't have someone to connect with at that point. And so he felt like that was God bringing us together to work on that project. And I just love that, how God had given me this idea of reading his book uh, when I was in high school. And then he opened up that door to be able to do that later on and just seeing his goodness in that. And uh, the, the project that we did, the curriculum that we did is for elementary age kids. And it's 12 lessons long, and it answers five main questions. So it starts out with, is anything really true? Then is God real? Are miracles possible? Is the New Testament trustworthy? And is Jesus God the Savior? And this is culminating to the big question of, is Christianity true? And so it does this, and it speaks to kids at their level. It has hands-on activity for kids, a student workbook where they can fill in the blanks to have all the key points. It has quizzes and flashcards, all sorts of things that will connect with kids and teach these important concepts at their level. Well, that's oh yeah, go for it, go Dave. Go for it, Adam. No, I was, I was just gonna say that's awesome, and it's it's just really awesome that we uh, again have that focus um, in your home. You're a mother. You're a father. You believe. Jesus, you, you you have that, and uh, it's not just sitting there and just li- letting things be dry, but this is practical. This gets into the real-world situations, and we got to bring our kids into that. And so uh, on this, this is a special episode today, and uh, Hannah, and there, there's a reason why Elisha's on here, and right, we want to be on, and yeah. he's tired now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He so this kept telling yeah. me, whispering, that I do not need to be in the video because he can pay attention. So, Hannah. <laughs> We want to kick things over to yeah. you. I'm going to stay in the room, but I'm going to step over here because Elisha told me that I didn't need to be here. And let's do a demonstration of this. Is that okay? Yeah, that would be awesome. So I'm really excited about this. I'm going to be demonstrating lesson one about truth. And the full lesson you know, is a little bit longer, but we're going to do like 15, 20 minutes here. And um, Dave has already printed out the workbook page for him. And so he's going to be going through that as we, as we go along here and it'll correspond with the PowerPoint I'll show here on the screen. Okay. Well, hi, Elisha. I'm so glad that you're able to be here today. So how old are you? Six. You're six years old. Well, 
Have you ever wanted to be a different age? Um, uh, yeah, I'm going to be seven in, I think, four days. Yeah? Well, have you ever wanted to be even older than that? Like, I don't know, maybe like the age of one of your older siblings or something like that? Um, uh, I would like um, uh, one of my, one of my friends' ages. And how old are they? Well, one of them uh, are, is eight, which is from a very long time ago. Uh-huh. Very long. And why would you want to be eight years old, like your friend? Well, well, I can be much more taller. Yeah, so that may be some, you know, you want to be at an older age so that you can be taller. Well, you know what, sometimes when kids your age, when they think of an age that they want to be, they might say, I want to be 16 years old so I can drive a car. Have you ever wanted to wish to be 16 to drive? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it would be cool if just wishing to be a certain age made it so. But unfortunately, that doesn't happen because truth exists. So in this lesson that we're going to do, we're going to talk a little bit about truth. We're going to talk about what is truth and how can we know truth and things like that. Now, it's important to tell the truth. God wants us to tell the truth, and I'm sure your mom and dad want you to tell the truth. What happens, like, let's say that you go to the doctor and you're really sick. What would happen if the doctor didn't tell you the truth about what kind of sickness you had or what kind of medicine you should get? Um, uh... I die. Yeah, that's right. That would be really serious. It, now, what would happen if you didn't tell the truth to your mom and dad? Uh, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I do. Yeah. Well, when you don't and they find out about it, there might be a punishment. Like, maybe you don't get to watch TV or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So, we realize that it's important for people to tell us the truth. And we also realize that it's important for us to tell the truth to other people. So we know that it's important that truth is very important. But before we talk more about truth, we want to know what is truth. So I'm going to read you a little story. And then at the end of the story, I want you to tell me what is truth. All right. So this is a story about a boy and a girl named Emma and John. So John and Emma knew that their mother did not want them to play tag in the house. But one afternoon, it was raining outside, and they thought that it wouldn't matter if they played tag just a little bit, because they didn't think their mom would ever find out. So they were laughing and having a good time when John tripped over the cord to the lamp, and it crashed to the floor and broke. Well, their mom came downstairs to see what was going on, and when she asked the kids who broke the lamp, Emma said that it was the little dog that jumped on the table and knocked over the lamp. But John admitted that it was actually him and that they had been playing tag in the house. Their mom was very sad that they had chosen to lie and told them that they had to go to their room until dinner and they couldn't play anymore. And then they had to do extra chores for breaking the lamp. So in our story, which child told the truth to their mom? Uh, the boy. That's right. John did. When Emma made up a story to tell her mom, what do you call that? Mm, truth. Well, I think you would call that lying. Because when oh, you make up a story, yeah. 
When you make up a story about something that happened, that's called lying. But when you tell the facts of what really happened, that is called telling the truth. Yes. Now, if their mom had believed Emma, so had believed a lie, instead of believing John, she would have believed something that's not true. She would have believed something that didn't match the facts. And that's important to remember because just because you hear something or you believe something doesn't make that something true because you can believe a lie. So we want to make sure that we investigate to know what the truth is so that we believe the truth so that we can make the right decision. So our first point that we're learning here is that truth is telling what really happened. It's telling it like it is. Like when John told that he was the one that broke the lamp, he was telling what really happened. He was telling the truth. So on your on your workbook page, do you see where it says number one? And it says truth is telling what really, and then there's a blank there. On the blank, you can write the word happened. And there's a little word box there at the top of the page that can, uh, that can give you a hint on how to spell the word happened. Now, where is habit on this one? Is it on number one? Mm -hmm. On number one. And if you need to, you can look at the screen to help you know how to spell it, too. The screen will show you, too. So then we're also going to do number two. Do you see number two on your paper? I'm not done with happened. Oh, okay. Done. Very good. So now we'll move on to number two. And this is truth is what matches the facts. Do you see that? So for this one, you can write the word facts. And I'm going to underline it here. That's the word that you write there in number two. Truth matches the facts. Yes, I know. Done. Very good. Now we'll do the next one, and this is going to be a new point. This is number three, truth is unchanging. So do you see number three on there? Yeah. All right, so write the word unchanging there next to number three. Truth is unchanging. So I'm going to continue on while you're writing the word, so you can write and listen at the same time, okay? Yeah. All right, so this here is a picture of a compass. Now, a compass is something that we use to learn direction. So yeah, this compass. So that way, or that yeah. way, or that way. Mm -hmm. That's right. It helps you to know if you should go north, south, east, or west. And, you know, in our cars or on our phone, we have a GPS that helps us to know where to go. But if you didn't have that, you could have a compass that would point you in the right direction. So I've got a map here of the United States. And I live here in Missouri. Oops. I live here in Missouri, so I'm going to draw a little star here in Missouri. And I know that you live over there in Kansas, but we'll just say that we live here close to each other here in Missouri and Kansas. And I'm going to take a trip, and I want to visit my grandma. And she lives here in the state of Iowa, so I'm going to draw a little heart here for Iowa. And this is where my grandma lives. So if we look here at the compass, north, south, east, and west, which direction does Grandma live? I think she lives in north. Very good. She lives north. So if we were to hop in a car and start driving to Grandma's house, and, you know, in five or so hours, we should see a sign that says, Welcome to Iowa. 
But if we're driving along and we see a sign and it says, welcome to Arkansas, we know that we've gone the wrong way because Arkansas is down here. And while Arkansas is a fine place to live, that's not where grandma lives because Arkansas is this direction. Which direction is that, north or south? South. That's right. It is south. So we're going the wrong way. Now, what if I told you that I believe with all my heart that going south is the way to get to grandma's house? In fact, it's my way to get to grandma's house, while north may be your way of get to grandma's house. Is that true? No. No, it's not. Because we can have different opinions, but just because we have a different opinion doesn't change the truth. It doesn't change the truth that north is the way to grandma's house. And it doesn't matter if I say it really nicely or if I give you cookies and ask you to believe like me. Those things don't change the fact that north is the way to get to grandma's house, not south. So when we talk about truth, truth is not relative. Now, when I use the word relative, I'm not talking about like my grandma, who's my relative. The word relative yeah, means yeah. that something would change based on your situation or based on what somebody believes instead of always being right or wrong. And so truth is not relative. Yeah, that's right. Truth is unchanging. It means that it's absolute, just well, like the correct direction to grandma's house is absolute. Did you write that on your paper? Yep. Very good. Very good. I can see that. So this is really important because it tells us that wishing or pretending or saying something or feeling good about something or creating something in our mind or believing or hearing something, all those things doesn't make something true. So you might think, well, how can we know the truth? And there are three ways that we can know the truth. I mean, One, we can know the truth if it tells what really happened. Number two, we can know if it matches the, what do you think? Very good. If it matches the facts or if there is proof. Because truth is discovered, not invented. So the question might be, how can we investigate the truth? And this answer is that truth is known through observation and good thinking. So do you see number four there on your paper? That's correct. It's number four. So you should write down the word good next to the word thinking. Good thinking. Done. Very good. Now the word observe, it means to look around or to learn things. So I yes. want you to observe. So I want you to look around the room and then tell me something that you see with your eyes. I see e-books. I see... A lamp. Mm -hmm. I see a fake tree. Mm -hmm. All right, very good. Now I want you to listen and tell me if you hear anything. You don't hear anything? Maybe there's a clock ticking. Maybe yeah. you can hear. Yeah. Yeah, so see, that would be something you observe with your ear. You hear with your ear. Now, there are other things that we can observe, like um, with our tongue, we can taste things and know truth, like if the milk is sour, or if you have really delicious cookies, or you can smell something, like if the garbage smells bad, or something like that. So
so God has given us our senses to be able to observe, to pay attention or notice things. And, and our eyes and ears, nose, all those things help us to know what the truth is. Now, the next thing that God gives us is also our brain. Can you point up here to your brain? Point up here. Very good. God's given us our brain to help us to know truth, too. And so something about truth that's special about it is that it is undeniable. So that's what goes in number five. Truth is undeniable. You see it on the screen? You see that one on your paper? Yeah. Okay. All right, are you finished? Nope. All right, so you can finish that up and then I'll do a little talking here while you're finishing writing. So when we think about facts, if you hear two things that are opposite, good thinking tells you that both of those opinions, both of those opposites can't be right at the same time in the same way. So for example, if you were playing a game, maybe with your brother or with a friend, and yeah, you're playing your game. I was playing with a game in the morning. Yeah, so maybe you're playing a game like these two boys are. And let's say that one of the boys on the screen sees a square. And he says, that square is red. And the other little boy says, no, that square is not red. Can both those boys be right? No. No, right, because those are opposites. The one boy says it's red, and the other one says it's not red. Well, they could both be wrong, but they can't both be right. And so this is talking about the rule of opposites. The things that are opposite cannot be the same in the same way in the same time. So the reason that we're going to talk about the rule of opposites is that even though good thinking tells us that the rule of opposites is true, yeah. Good. Are you done? All right. Very good. Good job in writing that. So even though the rule of opposites is true, sometimes people will talk about things in life and act as if the rule of opposites doesn't apply. What that means is that sometimes people will say a sentence that it's self-defeating. Now, this word self-defeating is, is a little complicated, but we'll think about it in this way. Have you ever seen a sport team get defeated or have you ever seen a sports team lose? Yeah. So you've seen a sports team lose. If I was visiting my grandma's house uh -huh. and I actually gone to Hawaii, that would be the wrong way. Yes, that would be. So... When we're talking about sports teams, have you ever seen a sport team cause itself to lose? No. Yeah, that's kind of silly, right? Like if they would cause themselves to lose, like maybe they would throw the ball into their own goal instead of the other team's goal. Or maybe they would, um, all the players, if they went and tripped on all their shoelaces and fell down, that would be something that would cause them to lose because the other team would be able to score really easily. So to be self-defeating means that you're causing yourself to lose or something that you're doing or saying is causing something else to be wrong. So another way to think about this is that let's take this picture.
picture of this little boy. He looks kind of mad, doesn't he? Yes. Well, it would be really funny if maybe his mom or dad said to him, don't be mad, don't be so grumpy. And the little boy said, I'm not mad. Now, this statement is self-defeating because the little boy has a mad and angry face and it tells you that he's mad and yet his words, I'm not mad, doesn't match his face. So the rule of opposite tells us that he can't not be mad and be mad at the same time. So his face helps us know what the truth is, that he really is mad, even though he says he's not mad. So another example of something that's like self-defeating is let's go back to our story with John and Emma. And John and Emma went to Sunday school one day, and they were supposed to learn their memory verse. Well, when they got there, Emma had worked very hard on learning her verse, but John had not. So when they arrived to Sunday school, Emma said her verse right away. But John told his teacher, I can't say my verse today because I lost my voice and I can't talk. Do you know what the silly statement in, in what John said was? Yep. What was it? Well, because he said I couldn't talk. And he, the teacher, heard mm -hmm. him talk. Exactly. You got it right, Elisha. He said, I can't talk, and yet he's talking, so he must be able to talk. So that's a silly statement or also a self-defeating statement. It's one that is false because of what the statement is saying. It doesn't match. So there's um, this one is a little bit hard, all right? So you really got to put your thinking cap on, okay? So this one says, there is no truth. We're on page one. Yeah, we're still on page one. We're just going to go over page one today. So do you see on the screen, Elisha, where it says there is no truth? Yes. All right. Now give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down if you think this is true or false. What do you think? Truth. You think this is truth? Well, you know what? Some people would say that this is truth also. They would say, yes, it is true that there is no truth. But if they say true, there is no truth, then they just said something that's true. And that's this statement. So actually, this statement is false. Can you show me a thumbs down? That's right. It is false. Because truth has to exist or else this statement wouldn't make any sense. It would be a silly statement. So let's do one more. This one says, Truth about God cannot be known. So basically what this means is saying you can't know anything about God. Do you think that that's true or false? you think it's true? False. That's right. This statement is false, but sometimes people think the statement is true. the world. Yeah, we can know that. But you know what else? He created the heavens. Uh-huh, that's he right. created the earth. Very good. Scientists think that the earth created itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, right. There was two moons, but yeah. no, that's not true. Yeah. So if this statement, truth about God cannot be known, if it was true, then guess what? They've just said something they know about God. And 
anything about him. So they've given us another silly statement or another self-defeating statement because they've just said something that they know. So this one's a little hard, but basically it's just telling us that it has to be false because we we can know stuff about God, but also if it was true, it would defeat itself because they've just told us something about God. So all of these things are, they're kind of deep concepts or some of them are, um, you know, um, maybe they're require a lot of good thinking, but all these points are important and help us know about truth and what truth is. And so our last point that we wanna just cover is that truth is important. Why do you think truth is important? Well, truth is important because truth is something good. That's right. It is something good. And, you know, truth is important because God says so. Because it says in the Bible, Jesus said that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And the Bible... And the Bible also says that God is not a man that he should lie and that God doesn't like lying and that lying would be a sin, something that disobeys God. So we know from the Bible that truth is important and we know that it's important for us to tell the truth, to follow God. And we know that it's important that we live by the truth because in our life, when we make choices, those choices have consequences, meaning they have a result or something happens. Your parents probably tell you not to put your hand on a hot stove. Because what happens if you put your hand on the stove? Right, yeah. It's like really hot and it's going to burn you. That's the consequence of putting it on a hot stove. So when you're in the kitchen and somebody says, that stove isn't hot, you better hope they're telling you the truth. Because if they lied to you and you wouldn't put your hand up there, then you would get burned. And so we realize how important it is that we we hear the truth, investigate the truth, and believe the truth so that we can make the right decision. So do you have any questions, Elisha? Um, uh, um, uh, if, if I went underwater for a long time and I have my mouth open, my parents said it'll kill me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Because you, if you breathe in the water, you, your lungs can't survive without air. So you need to have, so that's why you would close your mouth when you're swimming. So you can keep your air in there. And if you put water in there, yeah, that would kill you. So it's important that you listen to them because they're telling you the truth. So give yourself, can you give yourself a hand? Clap for yourself. Yes, good job, good job. Thank you, Hannah, for showing us that presentation, and Elisha, good job for listening and learning, and uh, what we do know is, uh, you know, that it's one of those things that a lot of people, um, especially whenever they are trying to go after uh, Christians, they're saying, we don't know much about Jesus. Whenever he was young, we just hear stories about him being born, but then 12 and then 33, or 12 and 30, we don't know much about him, but we do know something. We do know something from scripture is that he grew in wisdom and stature. And this is something that I tell my kids. Are you, this is your only job to grow. Like Jesus did it. He vindicates it. Um, he, he spent time in the synagogues. He was so wise because he studied. Apparently everybody was like, Whoa, how does this, 
how does this guy know all this stuff, right? So he grew in stature and in wisdom. And so that's the beautiful thing about teaching your kids apologetics because it's another part of that wisdom. And in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And this is why we do it. So awesome. Thank you so much for that presentation. And uh, it was awesome to be able to provide a demonstration. So we hope that you listeners and watchers out there uh, really saw something awesome and that you can do um, at home with your kids. Let me run through just briefly a few of these pieces because I want to make sure we get them. So this material is available right now. Is that correct? Where could people find it, Hannah? Yes, that is correct. So um, people can go to my website. I don't know if you want to put that back on the screen. Um, and so my website is networkerstech.com. And you can see it there on the home page. But if you wanted to go to the direct link, it is networkerstech.com slash curriculum.html. And tech is spelled T-E-C for Teach, Equip, Connect. So you can go there. And then you can also go to teach.crossexamined.org. And that is the uh, that is Frank Turek's website, and so he's got it up there as well as some of the other curriculum products that he offers for middle, high school, and adults. Excellent. Outstanding. I'm throwing it up there real, real quick. Tell me just briefly about how long it's you've worked on processing this, and uh, tell me just a little bit about the process of developing it and making these things uh, understandable. You do an excellent job of that. How can people get, people can go to your website to get a hold of you. What type of groups do you work with? Do you do online training like this as well? Mm -hmm. Yes. So as far as this project, the curriculum one, it started back in January of 2019. And um, we've just been working on it in different parts. And uh, we we've explored different options and uh, you know, I've just seen how the Lord has opened doors in different uh, ways. And so I'm just glad that it's finally here and finally published. And um, you know, really the thing that I'm most excited about it is that kids are having the opportunity to get to know why Christianity is true and getting to know the evidence behind that. And so um, that's something that you can buy as a standalone product, uh, just the curriculum itself. And you could use it like in your homeschool group or in your church or in a Christian school or even as just like a family devotion time. Uh, but I also offer like a coaching service. So if like you were interested in getting started with the first lesson and kind of having like a Zoom webinar, kind of like we did just now, I can do that with your kids doing lesson one. And then you would teach the, the curriculum to your kids. And then I would be available for uh, Q&A or support for you, the teacher. And then I would kind of follow up throughout the course with other Zoom lessons, kind of review or um, that sort of thing. So I do offer that. Um, and then I have like a class for teenagers and adults. Uh, that is uh, purely online, and it is uh, videos that they watch going along the same types of topics just for their level, and a lot of homeschool students take it for their credit in school, but I've also had a lot of adults take it that want to know how to talk to their kids or how to do ministry and be able to share apologetics in that way, um, and then I'm also just available for live and online presentations as well. Two other little brief pieces. What do you say to those parents who are intimidated by teaching apologetics? How do you engage them? You know, I think apologetics can be something that is intimidating um, because sometimes it seems like such a, a heady topic. 
And mm. a lot of times people will say, you know, the reason that we do apologetics um, is not just to have a mental exercise or not just to stimulate the brain. But I often say that the heart of apologetics is the gospel. And I think for a parent, the heart of apologetics is the love for your child. You know, mm. I've talked to parents and grandparents and they see their kids asking questions like, how do we know God is real? Is the Bible a fairy tale? Um, or they see them struggling in their faith. And so I think the love for our children to give them that firm foundation to help them to help uh, remove their doubts, their intellectual stumbling blocks, to help them to grow into adulthood with a thriving faith, that our love for them overcomes the fear that we have of maybe not understanding or not saying the right thing. And there are so many great resources out there for parents, for teachers, that, you know, I just think that if you, you start somewhere and begin, you know, reading a book or begin listening to a podcast and you learn bits and pieces over time and you know god will bring kind of life classrooms i like to call it into your life where something you've just heard or, or heard or studied um that is something that a child may ask you and so you're ready to give that answer or maybe they ask you a question and that prompts you to study but we know that the holy spirit is with us to be our counselor to be our teacher and so when we go at it with that heart attitude and just our love that motivates us um you know love casts out fear and so that's what i would say to Parents or teachers, like, don't be afraid. You can do it. God is with you, and he will help you as you educate your children in his way and in his truth. And yes. finally, yeah. what is the next thing for you, Miss Hannah? Yeah. Um, so I'm working on a couple other, like, curriculum projects that I'm doing. And um, one is just, like, um, for teachers, helping them to know how to teach kids, like, how to share the gospel, how to create lessons, and that sort of thing. So I'm doing that. And then my mom and I are working on like a little children's book that talks about the gospel. And so I'm hoping to get that out um, as well. So a couple other curriculum projects, as well as speaking at churches and to groups, kids, teens um, on a variety of different topics. Well, Hannah, I just want to thank you. Thanks for working through our tech issues. Adam, thank you for being patient with those things as well. We, uh, we got to we got to uh, thank the viewers too for looking at the same shirts for like three weeks in a row. Um, again, we we did three shows in one day, and if you remember our live times, we've done that before. Um, but we're not recording this live or anything uh, anymore. But uh, yeah, we we've had a big long day of apologetic work here in the uh, Kansas Springfield. <laughs> <laughs> the Lynn Valley Springfield Studios anyway, and uh, it's it's been a good time, and this will get us into, um, uh, get past the debate and uh, get us into November to where we'll have some um, new projects and stuff like that, and uh, and that'll that'll come up. So yeah, it's been awesome hanging out with Dave um, for most of the day, and then having, uh, having great guests on the show, and again, having a return. Hannah, thank you so much for, uh, again, like, uh, we tell everybody that comes on our show, we give them the open invitation and stuff. And I'm glad that you uh, took a hold of that and said, hey, and because she emailed us going, hey, I've, I've got some curriculum getting published. And we're like, cool, we'll definitely have you on and talk about it. So um, this is what the Missouri Baptist Apologetics Network is here for. And uh, we have Hannah, um, which is one of us that 
you know, she's got gifts. She's got uh, things that the Lord has given her to do. Um, so take advantage of, uh, of what she has to offer because it's what God has um, put, made her a means for. So let's, you know, let's grab a hold of this stuff. Um, you can back up in the video if you uh, missed that whole bunch of minutes that the, her uh, links was on there. But go back and make sure you write it down and uh, check out uh, what she has to offer in her ministry. Gotta thank you so much for following up with us. We really appreciate it. It's exciting. I loved getting to see you teach. Uh, that was fun, and I hope that it is a useful resource and encourages parents to contact you. So, Adam, I'll turn it over to you, brother. All right. Well, thank you again for your time. Thank you guys for listening. Um, if you could, just uh, make sure that if you are uh, listening to us on your podcast app, whatever whatever it is, it could be Spotify, it could be CastBox, it could be Apple, um, whatever you're on, give us a rating. If you're on YouTube, please subscribe. Give us a thumbs up, comment, stuff. You know, we don't always reply, but sometimes we do. And uh, also, if you say something, you know, we can bring whatever you have questions for on our show. So please interact with us. And uh, yeah, I guess I'm just going to have to end it. So with that said, this is the Tag You're It podcast. I'm Ray Ray. And we have... And Solis.